my guest today is the youngest person ever to have represented Australia in her sport, which happened only a year after she first started playing it. Then, since she has been to her first Paralympics, she's finished high school, started university, and last year won World Cup medals and became world champion. Hi, Jamison Leeson, and thanks for joining me today. Hi, Abby. Thanks for having me. It's such a good opportunity. Have you got used to calling yourself world champion yet? Oh, it's crazy. And it, to be honest, it still really hasn't sunk in, uh, especially since I've had a bit of time off uh, since since the World Championships, I haven't really rolled any botcher balls down. Uh, but yeah, it's it's very surreal. And, it, you know, it's just, I'm so proud to be able to uh, be the first, one of the first World Championships for Australia in botcher. Well, we'll talk a bit more about that later. But just first of all, I do want to ask about your disability, if that's okay, because it's obviously a pretty big part of your story, I guess. So you have spinal muscular yeah, Can you kind of explain what that is and how it affects you in your everyday life? Yeah, I was born with spinal muscular atrophy and basically it means that um, I have muscle weakness throughout my whole body and I can't walk. I've been using a wheelchair my whole entire life. Um, and yeah, so with Botcha, I used uh, a piece of equipment called a ramp because I'm unable to um, throw the balls far enough. And you come from a small town called Danadu, which is just four hours away from Sydney. What was life like growing up for you in a town of just 800 people? Yeah, it's pretty small. Uh, it's it's pretty cute. Um, but yeah, it's really good to grow growing up in a small town. Um, and that was one of my biggest struggles growing up was that uh, living in a small town in regional New South Wales, that there's not um, a lot of sporting opportunities out there for me because there was no, there's no botcher in regional New South Wales really. Um, so, you know, growing up in a small town had its difficulties, um, but, you know, growing up and going to a small school uh, had given me so many opportunities and that's really how I got into botcher. So I'm so thankful for that. And when you were young, what career before you discovered botcher, did you just dream of having when you were, um, like what career did you want to pursue when you were just growing up? So I was always sat on the sideline watching my brother and sister play sports. Uh, but yeah, I always, always had a passion for sport, but I just didn't think it was possible for me to be able to, you know, find a career in that. But I've had lots of uh, interesting um, things that I've enjoyed doing and hobbies over the years. Um, but I also have a passion for mathematics. So at the moment, um, I'm studying a Bachelor of Economics. So I, I guess something along those lines has always been one of my dream careers. I've read that your family is quite sports mad and that you're a massive fan of Manly in the NRL. Was playing sports something that you were able to do much of when you were younger? Yeah, no, definitely not. So like I said before, there's no botcher um, in regional New South Wales. So I was not able to play that. Um, I grew up uh, playing a bit of when I was very, very young, um, uh, playing netball. In my, there's no real opportunities in regional New South Wales for people with uh, such severe physical disability to, to participate in sport. And, you know, that's something that I want to change in the future when I get a few hours of time to help out in that office. And so now, obviously, you play botcha. And for those who don't know, can you explain a bit how the sport works? Yeah, so botcha is um, one of the only two, one of two uh, Paralympic sports that doesn't have an Olympic um, counterpart. So in a way, it's similar to lawn bowls or the Italian sport bocce, um, where you have a white target ball and you're going to try and get your coloured balls as closer than your opponents um, to that target ball, um, except it's played indoors um, and it has softer balls. So 
Watcher is um, specifically for people with uh, more severe physical disabilities, so people like me. Um, and there's a range of classifications within the sport. So uh, there's four classifications that compete um, internationally. Uh, one of those, which is BC3, which I compete in, we use a ramp to propel the balls down onto the court uh, because we don't have the strength or the physical ability to throw the balls, um, whereas the other three classifications throw the balls onto the court. And I know you talked about it a bit before, but do you think you could talk a bit about a bit more about how you discovered it? Yeah, so um, like I said before, there was no real opportunities for Botcher um, growing up in a small country town. I played when I was about five um, for like two weeks, I think, and then uh, that club kind of burned out. So unfortunately, there was no opportunities until um, in 2018 when my school um, asked me to go compete in uh, the New South Wales Schools Knockout Competition in Orange, which is two hours from me. And um, when I got asked to do it, I wasn't that keen on it because I hadn't played in so long. I had no idea what I was doing, um, but I went along for the day and had a lot of fun. Um, and then there on that day was Peter King, who is one of the Australian um, coaches and support teams. So um, he was there and he um, said, you know, you've got a lot of potential. I can see it in you. Um, and he invited me down to Sydney um, to meet the rest of the Australian team um, and learn a bit more about the sport. And that's kind of where I found my passion. That's so cool. Um, and when you did get back into it in 2018, what was it that you first mostly like enjoyed about it, I guess? Oh, yeah, look, it was just so good to get back into sport because uh, particularly, like I said, I, I played netball when I was very, very young. Um, but, you know, growing up and being a teenager, when sport got a bit more competitive, there wasn't I wasn't able to compete anymore. So it was really good. That was the first thing that stuck out to me that I was able to participate in sport again after such a long time. Um, but also, you know, I a lot of people, I think, struggle with this as well. But for me, I didn't know what Botcher was really about until I went to the day in Sydney um, and learned a lot more about the sport. Even when I played in the school competition, it was so different. And um, when I really learned what the sport is about, and that's what I'm really passionate about sharing now is, learning truly what botcha is um, and sharing that with everyone. And yeah, I think when I learned what it was about, I just fell in love with the sport and how competitive it is because I'm a very competitive person. So whenever I get the chance to compete in something, I'm always happy. Um, and as you started playing more again, were you able to do like all of your training and playing in Dunedoo or were you like traveling all over the place just all the time? Yeah. So it's, it's been quite tricky. Um, I, did train quite a bit um, in Dunedoo back at home. Uh, like I said, botches played on um, indoor floor surfaces, um, typically like a basketball flooring, um, wooden floorboards or like a badminton court. Um, but my only court that I could train on here in Dunedoo is concrete floor. So um, that made it a bit tricky. It's not the best court to be training on. Um, but particularly, you know, I started in 2018, really towards the end of 2018. And then I only had 2019 and then COVID kind of happened. So that really, I struggled with that um, because in 2019, I was traveling to Sydney every second week to train. So I was training with, you know, my coach and the rest of my team and had that good training environment. Um, but yeah, I really struggled um, during, you know, COVID and, you know, times like that when I couldn't go to Sydney um but yeah so I do train at home in Dunedoo uh but I also do training in Sydney as well yeah 
And in Quachua, you have another very important teammate called a ramp assistant. Firstly, what exactly is the role of the ramp assistant? Yeah, so um, like I said before in Botcha, um, one classification uh, are the people that don't have the ability to throw the balls. So we use a piece of equipment called a ramp, which the balls propel down. And it can be quite complex. Um, and because of our limitations, we can't adjust the ramp to where we want it to be. So we have a person called a ramp assistant who helps us play the game. So they compete on the court with us and what I do is uh, they face me and they're not allowed to turn around and see the court at all. So they have no influence on the game um, and I have to tell them everything so they can't talk back to me. So you know, I tell them to move the ramp left or right um, and then I tell them where to put the ball on the ramp and then I will push the ball. And your ramp assistant is your mum, Amanda. Whose idea was it for her to be um, your assistant and what's it like competing all over the world with your mum? Yeah, look, um, it kind of just happened, I guess. Uh, when I first started playing, I guess it typically happens for a lot of botcher athletes um, that they have family members do it. Uh, so it kind of just happened um, naturally, I guess. Are the two of you just able to be kind of just teammates when you're competing or does the mum and daughter roles kind of just come out sometimes? Yeah, like I said, we kind of have a bit of a switch that we, you know, we know when it's botch time and when it's not. Um, and we've kind of had to develop that over the years. And yeah, we do have our struggles sometimes. Um, but yeah, we've gotten pretty good at it. Um, and, you know, it does help that mum can't talk back, fortunately. Uh, so she can't, we can't really have those fights on court too much. But uh, yeah, it, it has been a struggle sometimes, but we've definitely developed through that. What's the best part of having your mum as your teammate? Oh, look, I think there's many, many, many benefits for that. Um, you know, first of all, there's not very, there's not very many opportunities where you get to, you know, share a sporting experience with a family member of yours. And, you know, going to the Paralympics with her was such an incredible experience. Um, and, you know, having that bonding experience, like I mentioned before, you know, it's just, it's just an awesome way to, you know, share these memories together. And, um, you know, when we travel overseas together, I started competing when I was 16. So I think it would have been a bit more challenging at that time. You know, I'd never traveled overseas before, never competed. It was only my second competition that I've ever competed at for my first in international comp. So, you know, it, she, she helps relax the nerves quite a bit. Um, you know, and it's just a familiar face. I was going to say it must be pretty cool being able to receive medals, like standing right next to your mum. Oh, yeah, it's awesome. Um, yeah, it's definitely a story to tell. Is there, like, a worst part of being, like, her teammate? Um, look, I don't think there's too many things. I guess probably the worst part is, and it it, it, it it's not worst all the time, but it, it can be challenging at times is that we do spend quite a bit of time together. Um, you know, we train at least, you know, 20 hours a week together, um, and then traveling overseas and then, you know, at the moment I do live with her still. So it, it is, is it, we do spend a lot of time together, um, but you know, it's worth it in the end, you know, if we didn't have that time together, then I wouldn't be where I am today. Um, and now going back to last year, your last year was pretty amazing. You won gold in the pairs at the world cup with Dan um, in the middle of the year. And then you also won the pairs world champion gold medal in December and you won the individual silver medal as well. What were those, like all of those experiences like? 
oh, look, it was crazy. And I think, you know, even though I won so many medals last year and we had such good results, I think the best part about last year was that we finally got to get back to a sense of normality after COVID-19 and the pandemic because we didn't know when, when our next competition would be. We didn't know what would be happening. Winning those medals was, um, you know, something that we'd hoped for and something that we knew was possible. But uh, with the tough times that we had only the two years before, you know, we didn't really have too many expectations on ourselves. So it was just incredible. And some people may not realise, like, what a huge, like, achievement those World Championship, like, medals were. Like, Dan won a bronze medal at the Paralympics the year before, and it was, like, the first time that an Australia, Australian had ever won a medal, like, in a quarter of a century. So, like, winning um, medals at those events, like, really isn't easy, I guess. No, it's not. Um, yeah, look, it was, it was just amazing. Yeah, when we went to Tokyo last year, look, um, you know, even... You know, Dan won that bronze medal, which was incredible, but we had, we did place higher expectations on ourselves and we did hope to, to medal in the pairs. Um, and I wasn't lucky enough to compete in the individual back then. Um, but yeah, look, it, it's, it was, it was such an incredible thing to do that. I mean, our results at the world championships last year was the most medals and the best results Australia, Australia has ever had at any international competition. So it was just, you know, I'm so proud to be a part of that and to contribute to that result and most people don't get to experience becoming a world champion so you got to do it with your mum that must have been pretty special for both of you oh yeah like like I said it's, it still doesn't feel weird still doesn't feel real that we, you know we're the number one in the world in the pairs and number four in the individual it it, it was just awesome and you know traveling overseas for international competitions it can be quite hectic and quite busy so it, it it felt surreal over there and I was exhausted by the end of it but you know it, it's it just it felt a sense of relief that all of our training and hard work had finally paid off and apart from some nice medals what do you think the sport of boccia has given you oh look there's so many it's given me so, so many opportunities and I think that's the number one thing um for me you know playing boccia is not not only just about the enjoyment but it's also about, you know, spreading awareness about people with disabilities and showing that we are capable of doing things. And particularly people with, you know, severe physical disabilities. Um, not only do not many pe those people get many opportunities to participate in sport, um, but they don't think they can. And I think that was something that I struggled with um, before 2018 when I didn't really think I could participate in sport because I didn't know a lot about culture back then. Um, so yeah, it's it's really it's just such an incredible opportunity um, to share these experiences and the, the opportunities and raise awareness about this with other people with disabilities. Um, but you know, there's been so many other great things with the sport. You know, traveling to all these amazing countries and just meeting some incredible people along the way has just been awesome. Yeah, um, and there are possibly some people and kids watching or listening to this who may have put some limitations on what they think that someone in a wheelchair can do. What would you say to them? Oh, exactly. And that's a big perception that a lot of people have. And that's something that I'm trying to change. Uh, but yeah, I think I would just say, you know, don't, don't think those first few words in your brain is what people with phys physical and all disabilities can do. You know, for us, we, 
you know, and we, I think it all the time too, you know, if something, a challenging time is coming up, you know, I think, oh, I, I can't do that or, you know, something I can't do. I That's the first thing that I always think of. But then you've got to really re- rewire your brain to think, okay, I can't do it the obvious way, but there are other ways and other, you know, things that I can do. So it's really about focusing not on what people can't do, but what people can do. And what would you say to those with a disability, especially kids, for what is possible for them? Oh, yeah, I would just say, and I guess particularly for me, you know, I didn't want to, when I first started playing botcher in 2018, like I said before, I didn't want to go to that sports day, but I would just say take every opportunity as you can and take advantage of everything and every opportunity. And now it's time for the The make So the first question comes from Ali and she asks, was it hard to find a sport that kind of suited your abilities? Uh, yeah, I definitely, 100%. I think that's that was the biggest struggle with me getting into botcher was finding a sport because, like I said, there's not many sports that I am able to play competitively. So it took me a long time. Uh, and like I said, just taking up those opportunities uh, really helped me find botcher. Uh, but, yeah, it, it can be tricky for sometimes, but um, there's plenty of events out there for people with physical di- disabilities and all disabilities um, to go to different come and try days um, to learn about these sports. So I would really recommend that. So Laura asks, are there many places to play butcher in Australia and where is your favourite place that you've gone to for a competition? Yeah, so um, butcher, because it is, um, you know, quite a unique sport um, and not everyone, uh, I mean, everyone can play butcher, but competitively not everyone can. Uh, it, it is quite a small niche sport. Uh, but, you know, in all the big cities, uh, there's plenty of botcher clubs out there for people to participate in. Uh, particularly in New South Wales, we have lots of botcher clubs around here um, and plenty of competitions around Australia. Uh, so, yeah, there's plenty of opportunities if you would like to play um, and there's come and try days. And I would say, oh, my number one country I've been to, that would be, that's quite tricky, but I think it would have to be uh, Rio, Brazil, Rio de Janeiro, Brazil, just because, simply because of uh, our results we had there this year or last year, sorry. Um, you know, winning the World Cup there and then going back and winning the World Championships uh, and coming second in the individual, you know, just incredible memories of there. And, you know, it's just such a beautiful country. We were lucky enough, which doesn't happen very often, to uh, go sightseeing on our last day there before we flew home. So it's just such a beautiful country and beautiful people all around. And just finally, Mark wants to know, is there a sport or game that hasn't been adapted for para-athletes that you would like to play? Oh, that is a very good question. I haven't really thought about that before. Um, Oh, that is a very good question. I mean, to be honest, or I think... If, if I could, I think my other sport that I would like to play in is probably uh, rugby. I think it would be really cool to play uh, wheelchair rugby, I mean, which is already a thing. Uh, but, yeah, I've always, uh, you know, rug- love rugby league and I love watching the rugby sevens. But I also think uh, wheelchair or pa- para cricket would be pretty cool to watch one day too, if that would ever be a thing. Um, well, that's it for the mixed zone. But I've just got one final question for you just to finish up. So you're now studying economics at uni and there's another Paralympics next year and you're not even 20 years old yet. What do you think the future looks like for Jamison Leeson? Oh, yeah, look, it, it, I have a very optimistic look on my future now. Um, yeah, I keep my life very busy, like you said, with uni, uh, which I started last year. 
uh, yeah, it's, it's been very busy, but um, I think in the short term, I'm obviously hoping to qualify and, uh, you know, win two double, bring double gold home um, in Paris in 2024. So that's really my short term goal over the next year. And I don't really have any long term goals per se set for my botcher career. Um, I just want to keep on seeing where it's going. You know, I've only been playing for nearly five years now. So it's been a really short career. Um, and, you know, I've come so far. So who knows where Botch is going to take me, um, but I don't plan on stopping anytime soon. Thank you so much for joining me and um, good luck in the future. But, um, yeah, thanks for joining me today. No worries. Thanks so much, Abby. Thanks for listening. To support Hoei, visit the link in the description section.